Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Wednesday, December 28th. It is six minutes after 11. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall has the day off and we have Brian Baker joining us today. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Casey Daniels. Yeah, Rob taking the day off, uh, but this does not count as uh, the, the uh, maternity leave, right? Because he has got a few months to go before that. Yeah. Will Rob be taking time off when the child is born? Well, I certainly hope so. I mean, I would think he would. How much? I don't know. And when? We don't know. <laughs> That's up to the baby, uh, in case you missed it. <laughs> before Rob left on his uh, vacation, he announced that he and his wife are expecting a baby, and the baby is due on 4th of July. So, yes. I'm looking forward to to all oh, of the stories that are going to come out of that and how it is uh, life-changing for that young man. Maybe it'll I'm soften so him up him. just a touch. Oh, no, I don't think so. But here's the, <laughs> here's what I do know. Rob is going to be an amazing parent. but I And so I'm, I'm delighting for him. I'm mm-hmm. delighting for his, his wife and that they're growing their family. But I'm also delighting in the fact that, especially if they wind up having a boy, that child is going to be a carbon copy of Rob Kendall. And yeah. knowing that that legacy will carry on to a new generation, <laughs> oh, I just delight in that so very much. He was so funny when he made the announcement. He said that he was already reading tax codes to the baby and things like <laughs> Like that. I'm sure he's, uh, you know, he's going to read the baby the Bill of Rights and all, all of uh-huh. that good stuff. It is seven minutes after eleven, and uh, let's talk about now. This happened in Philadelphia. We mentioned this a few weeks ago, and now it's happening in Boston again. Boston public schools are looking into the possibility of bringing back a temporary mask mandate. Uh-huh. Temporary. Air, air quotes. Air quotes. Air quotes temporary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, this is when students and teachers return to class after this holiday break. This is uh, something they're considering for next week. A letter was sent home to families and staff, and the superintendent is going to meet with the Boston Public Health Commission to discuss any possible changes to their COVID protocols such as temporary masking. We're still calling it COVID protocols at this point. And uh, she wrote that this will ensure that we're using the most up-to-date data when making any decisions. Okay, so here's the question. Where are you getting your data? <laughs> this really is jackassery at its finest. You know, I, we have already proven at this point that as much as the uh, masks may have done a little bit of good here and there, for the most part, people weren't wearing them properly. Kids certainly don't wear them properly. And look now at what has happened from not being exposed to germs and building up their immune systems. I can't tell you the number of times that my daughter has been sick here in the last year. You know, look, folks, I, I, it's, it's as though some people are hanging on to the pandemic. It's like it's somehow or another in some sick way, it's their security blanket. Mm. They just don't want to let it go. I don't know how anybody with everything that we know now can look at us with a straight face and say that we need to bring back masks. I mean, this is nothing more, nothing more than someone who has a little bit of authority exerting power over you. I find it so insulting. Why does this keep 
<laughs> you know, you, I turned it off at the beginning call, of the Brian. show, and it's happening again. I can't stand that. I get, you know, if someone uh, listening today could tell me how to turn off my iPhone's ringer, that would be fabulous. Here. There's a oh, little, there we go. There's I turned a little on button. Focus. There's a little button there uh-huh. on the left-hand side of your phone. I can't believe you're, right. you're like on a satellite. This is big league radio. You're on a satellite <laughs> box to talk to us, and you can't figure out how to use your cell phone. All right, I think I got it figured out. There we go. There we go. I think I got it all. Some people are wired like that. You know, you can do the big stuff. You're in Georgia broadcasting to Indiana and out on the internet across to the country and the globe, but yet you can't figure out that little device that's in your pocket. I, I can't, you know, Casey. I, listen, I'm 44, but I'm, I've never felt so old as I have here in the last six months. And maybe it's because the world has changed so quickly. But there's all this technology and stuff that even my daughter knows how to, how to, how to do. And I can't figure it out. My daughter is six, but she knows how to utilize all of these different technologies and platforms. And my goodness, it, things have even changed in the educational system to the extent that, like, she is a math genius, and she's doing problems that I'm looking at. This first grader, and she's doing and math that I'm looking at and going, I, I don't even know how to begin to solve this problem. And I don't think I'm dumb, but maybe I am. Now, how would you feel if you got a letter from her school that said, hey, when we come back from winter break, she's going to have to wear a mask? Oh, man. It, you know, here's the thing. Parents uh, are, are trapped to an extent, especially if you're in the middle of the school year. Um, but if they tried to push something like that, I think we would have to reevaluate whether we're going to homeschool or not, and there would have to be sacrifices made on that front. Mm-hmm. But one of the specific, one of the really good reasons that we chose to live in Peachtree City is because the school system here is so good. Primarily, we've got folks down here that are conservatives and they have conservative principles, and so that kind of craziness that was going on in other school districts, particularly in more liberal states, and even in Indiana uh, was not happening down here in Peachtree City. Atlanta schools are a mess, and they were doing all that crap, but Peachtree City and Fayette County schools are a little mm-hmm. bit different. Well, so, I don't know how I would react to it. I guess we'd have to go along with it, but um, I, I, I just, in my wildest imagination, uh, with how they have loosened up some of the protocols down here, I can't imagine they would go forward with that, because your kid can have COVID, and after like you know five days, they can go back in. If they're sick now, they can still go to school, even if they're sick and maybe have a little bit of a fever. They do make them wear a mask for that. But for the most part, they've kind of chilled out. I'm imagining that this epidemiologist in Boston area from the Tufts Medical Center is is going to get censored uh, because she said when in regards to masking in the Boston schools, she said we're talking about gather people are gathering now. They're going to Celtics games. They're going to Bruins games. They're living their lives. They're uh, outside of the school buildings. They're in groups and there's no masks there. So why are we saying go out live your life go to these games go to these events go to these gatherings where there's more than you know one person and you're not social distanced anymore but when you enter the school building that's when you have to put the mask on yeah, well, and you know there are industries too that have just refused to let it go with uh, entertainment, particularly like with film production. Casey, when I want to go, this is how stupid this whole process is. Now I'm going to be on this Coppola film that's coming up, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. In order to go and get my fitting for wardrobe, I first have to test in advance and mm-hmm. make sure that I I don't have COVID. So I got to drive into downtown Atlanta for that. Then we have the fitting. Then when they want to check the fitting, then I got to go and take another COVID test. Then the day 
before we're going to be on uh, on set, I got to take another COVID test. Then when you get to the set, you got to take a COVID test there, a rapid test to make sure that you didn't pick anything up and you're not contagious. And you still got to wear your mask, whether you're indoors, outdoors, doesn't matter if there's nobody around you and you're by yourself, you still got to wear that mask. And yet, as soon as I leave, I'm going to go to a gas station. I'm going to go to Chick-fil-A and I ain't going to be wearing mm-hmm. my mask mm-hmm. and I can pick the thing up and the symptoms won't appear for several days. So let it go, you control freak maniacs. Do you ever express your opinion when you're on set or when you're around your coworkers? Or do you down here? Yeah. Yes. In LA, never. Really? But people, but, uh, would you be afraid that you would be blacklisted? You know what, Casey, maybe it's just my age. I don't give a crap. I really don't. But for the most part, you know, people down here, it's a different environment. And a lot of folks that live here in Georgia are highly conservative. Yeah, there's still some folks that are a little bit more on the liberal side. But also the stunt community, for whatever reason, the stunt community is primarily conservative. And they are very outspoken about it. They don't give a crap. And I think it comes down to if someone is going to jump off of a building in order to uh, put food on the table for their family, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to tell them to hush up about their political views. Yeah, that makes sense. That's Brian Baker. He's filling in for Rob Kendall today. It is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. And let's talk about Tesla stock. It fell again uh, toward the longest losing streak in more than four years. Uh, 2.8% is what it fell yesterday. And this is after the EV maker extended their suspension in Shanghai. They stopped. Yeah. They stopped working over there uh, because of COVID infections, the surge that's going on in China. So uh, when the market is up, Tesla is going to be way up. When it's down, it can go really low, very volatile. And do you think that this has more to do with buying habits or more to do with the investors of Tesla? Oh, man. You know what? I, I It's it's kind of a 50-50, Casey, because I do think a lot of it is irrational investor sentiment about Elon Musk, particularly since he's been more outspoken and and has shown his, uh, his conservative leanings mm-hmm. and, and since he's taken over Twitter. I don't know that Tesla was ever a good bet. And I can't tell you very many people that have owned a Tesla that have necessarily, they love the cars, but they don't necessarily have a great experience with the vehicles when it comes to repairs and mm-hmm. having to get issues. Issues taken care of. I mean, Tesla's got a bit of an attitude, very much like Apple does, uh, oddly enough. But yeah, I do think some of this is just irrational hatred of Elon Musk and the fact that he has now wandered off the woke plantation. But, you know, isn't that just uh, so interesting? Because here was the guy who was going to save the world and mm-hmm. prevent global warming, and, you know, everybody was going to be driving electric cars and, oh, we love you, Elon Musk. And, oh, wait a minute here. You're, you're taking over Twitter. We hate your guts. Mm-hmm. And doesn't it, doesn't it make you stop and think, golly, uh, how committed are these people to uh, wanting to save the planet when they'll put their political ideology ahead of uh, those principles? Yeah, it's, it's the ones that were the big libs who now hate Elon Musk. I mean, look at Alyssa Milano. You know, she was uh-huh. saying, oh, my gosh, this my electric vehicle is the best thing ever. And she was posting all about it. And then Elon Musk said, oh, wait a second. What's going on over here at Twitter? And starts coming out with all this free speech stuff. And boy, she turned on him quickly, didn't she? Like she's she not did. she's not about ready to save the planet anymore. 
No, and I mean the polarization is is really really strong right now, but it should frighten all of us because you do have folks who are brilliant minds and uh, you know they are doing wonderful things that are going to benefit society, but people are just so tied to their politics and so emotionally driven that they will shut somebody down who has the potential to do really great things for society, and that's a problem, man. We want people to thrive and flourish, especially when they are working towards a goal that's in everyone's best interest, regardless of your political belief. Yeah, he sold billions of his stock. He was leveraging all of $3.5 billion, leveraging that for his acquisition of Twitter. And he hasn't signaled the all done yet. He he hasn't told everybody that he's done selling his Tesla stock. He may still be selling more and more. You you just don't know what's going on with him. A lot of people try and figure him out. And I think that's just a futile <laughs> exercise. It is 18 yes. after 11. It's the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. It's after 11. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall has the day off and Brian Baker is joining us today. So Democrats want the representative elect George Santos to resign his seat before he is even sworn into office next week. And that is for embellishing his resume. He did that regarding school and also his work experience. So, yeah, uh, this isn't the first time we've ever seen anything like this. I can recall uh, George O'Leary at Notre Dame did that, and he he was there for about a week, and then they did <laughs> let him go. But yeah, no, this guy, he's still going to get sworn in, and he has come out. He's going through the three-step process of admit the mistake, apologize, and take corrective act- action. Uh-huh. He has admitted the mistake. I don't know. Has he, has he really apologized? Has he... I guess he did come out. No, I don't think he really apologized. He he did say that uh, I was wrong, but that's not necessarily an apology. Not uh, exactly. Man, is he taking corrective actions? I don't know if he updated his resume or not, but <laughs> I mean. <laughs> he's going on to LinkedIn right now and making all those corrections here. Right. I mean, he he's come out and he said, I'm not a criminal and everybody's made mistakes and I will be effective and I will be good. And this controversy doesn't deter me from having a good legislative success and uh, you know his the guy i have no integrity but i'm a swell guy well he snowed everybody who voted for him and that's got to leave them questioning who is this dude you know we, we thought you were one thing and now you're not 
Well, but here's the other question I have, Casey, is um, why did the uh, the press, why did journalists not necessarily do their job here on this? Because you would think with some of these claims that they would have done, I don't know, a little bit of background checking or, or is this kind of like what they did for Biden? You know, we'll just sort of put this stuff aside and mm-hmm. uh, hope nobody else catches on to it. And now it's blown up on them and it's a huge embarrassment. Well, I don't know if anybody knew at the time that he was fabricating, if he was, you know, stretching the truth, if he was lying. How is that possible? How can you check into something that that a candidate running for president did 40 years ago, and you've got your little worms out there talking to uh, somebody they were in Sunday school with or, uh, you know, played tag with on the playground, and yet you you miss out on this stuff for folks that were sending to Washington, Mm D.C.? It just doesn't, I don't know why, it just doesn't gel for me. I'm sorry. He said, uh, I didn't graduate from any institution of higher learning. I'm embarrassed and sorry for having embellished my resume. I own up to that. We do How stupid things. How arrogant is he? Leave. Oh, this guy. This guy. You know what? Let's let's listen to him because Tulsi Gabbard was talking with him on. Uh, she was filling in for Tucker Carlson, and she was asking him all about it. And she, you know what? She she shredded him. Let's take a listen. The first question I really want to ask you now that all this has been revealed is what does the word integrity mean to you? Well, Tulsi, thank you for having me. You know, um, to to answer your question, integrity is very important. And like I I said to the New York Post, embellishing what what does it mean, though? What does it mean? Because the the meaning of the word actually matters in practice. Of course, it it means to, to carry yourself in an honorable way. And I made a mistake. And I think humans are flawed, and we all make mistakes, Tulsi. Um, I think we can all look at ourselves in the mirror and admit that once in our life we made a mistake. I'm having to admit this in national television for the whole country to see, and I have the courage to do so because I believe that oh, in order to move crap. past this and move forward and be an effective member of Congress, I have to face my mistakes, and I'm facing them. Um, the reality is is that I remain committed to doing everything I set forward in my campaign. I'm not a fraud. I'm not a fake. I, I, I didn't materialize from thin air. I worked damn hard to get where I got my entire life. Life wasn't easy. It didn't start off easy. As I've said it many, many times, I come from abject poverty. I made some mistakes and I own up to them. And now I want to put this past me so I can deliver for the American people. (laughs) Wow. He just played the victim, didn't he? He did play the victim, and it just goes to the level of narcissism uh, within this man. But how gross is that to sit there and say, oh, you know, I worked so hard and I came from nothing and I've earned everything. Well, then why didn't you tout that? Why did you feel that you needed to embellish, sir? He said he's not a fraud. He's not fake, except he lied all over the place. At one point, he said he never claimed to be Jewish. He said, I'm Catholic. Because I learned my maternal family had a Jewish background, I said I was Jew-ish. You know, I think I, here's how he could have won people over. He, he could have said, wait, listen, Biden said he drove an 18-wheeler. He, you know, he's, he's making all these outrageous claims. Why are you picking on me? Um, the guy's just so freaking arrogant. And the the line in there that just made me want to jump out of my chair was Is that he the, had courage? Uh, the, 
Yeah, I, I'm having the courage to come on on national uh, television to do this. Shut up. Yeah. Uh, she later went on to ask him about his work history because he said that he worked at Goldman Sachs and he didn't. He worked for a firm that did stuff for Goldman Sachs. And he, he, he his answer to Tulsi Gabbard was, well, I could come on your show and spend some time if you want to sit down and spend some time and I can explain to you what I did. But I think it'll go over the heads of the american people and yeah and she was she she called him out on it too she was like wait a minute did you just insult everybody you just said that we're too stupid to understand you and he tried to backpedal but again i don't think he's quite going through the entirety of the three-step process i did hear an admittance of mistake no apology though and we'll see about the corrective action it is 11 28 it is the kendall and casey show on 93 wibc Rob Kendall's away. The Ramones will play. Hey, oh, let's go. It is 11.33. This is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Rob is on vacation. Brian Baker filling in today. So let's talk about gas. Have you filled up lately? I have. Down here in Georgia, it is a fabulous 285 a gallon. Sometimes I pay 275 per gallon. Wow. How about you? Okay, we're still more expensive than you are. But we're going to get to ring in the new year with cheaper gas. Indiana's gas sales tax is dropping to its lowest it's been in nearly a year. So starting on January 1st, the monthly tax will only be, only, like I said, that only be 19 cents a gallon. Uh, Yeah, the Indiana Department of Revenue announced that. It's down from 23 cents. The last time the tax was lower was back in March. So Hoosiers pay two state taxes on gas. The first one is the sales tax at 19 cents and also the state excise tax, which is 33 cents a gallon. Both taxes fund our state and local road projects. Yeah, uh, and the roads are lovely in Indiana. Uh, just glorious. We're, we're going we're gonna to get to what our state motto could be in just a minute. Uh, <laughs> but we also pay a federal excise tax, which is about 18 cents a gallon, and a second tiny little federal tax funding hazardous waste cleanups, which is one cent per gallon. So let's hey. add it all up together, Brian. 71 cents for every gallon. No, it's, it's, sick. it's all taxes. That's uh, sick. Our average gas price right now, $2.97. So we're still paying more than you are. It's it's lower than it has been. So that's the good news. The bad <laughs> news, it's still not as low before President Walnut made all those energy changes. Yeah, you know, it, it's uh, it's not good. And I always am uh, somewhat amused and bewildered and equally frustrated when I see President Biden doing a victory lap on gas prices coming down. And I think to myself, I'm supposed to thank Vladimir Putin for that, right? Mm-hmm. Because he was the guy responsible for the for the hikes, yeah? So mm-hmm. I'm supposed to thank it. And, and apparently the oil companies have just suddenly had a change of heart and they're no longer greedy. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to make a profit anymore. Hey, yeah. let's talk about about uh, South Dakota's governor, Christy Nome for just a second. She received a flamethrower as a gift oh. from her staff on Christmas. I don't know if you saw the video. She was using it. She was uh-huh. flamethrowing on a pile of cardboard boxes and... Uh, 
yeah, she, she was doing it. But the best part about this is that the flamethrower had a plaque on it. And <laughs> the plaque on the flamethrower was the state's motto. Ah. And South Dakota's state motto is under God, people rule. And I thought, well, that's kind of a, Mm. that's a kick butt motto, don't you think? It's just a notch below live free or die. Although, I don't know. That state doesn't completely and wholly live up to their state motto. But uh, South Dakota's state motto, under God, people rule. What is Georgia's? Do you have any idea? Uh, I have no idea. I don't even. I'm sure we have a state slogan, but usually they just suck. You know, just like license plate slogans. I mean, they always hire the worst copywriters and branding experts to come up with these phrases. And I just assumed, you know, give me my my numbers on my plate, and I'm good to go. Well, Indiana does okay. Ours is the crossroads of America, but uh-huh. it, it could have been Indiana. Our roads have acne. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, quite accurate. The smoothest road in Indiana is the frozen canal. Is it, yeah, <laughs> where that lady was driving the other the, day. Yeah, the lady you know, that was driving on it. Yeah, I mean, our, our drivers down here in Atlanta. I mean, they, they really do. They suck, man. They are awful. I've been, uh, I've driven in Chicago. I've driven in L.A. The drivers in Atlanta are so much worse. They are terrible. And yet, somehow or another, in Peachtree City, it's okay. Except most of them don't know the rules of the road. They don't know how to properly uh, make a uh, left-hand turn on yield. They never uh, proceed into the intersection. And for some reason, I don't understand why. Because this is universal. It happens all over the United States. What is so confusing to some of you folks? About about figuring out the right direction to go down an aisle in a parking lot when the uh, when the the parking spots are angled, mm-hmm. doesn't it seem obvious and clear to you that uh, that is a one way? And how it is that folks can't figure that out—that they're that dumb? If you're that dumb, you ain't—you really shouldn't have a driver's license, should you? You are a danger to yourself and others. Give up the keys. That is Brian Baker, who's filling in for Rob Kendall today. It's eleven thirty-eight, and uh, let's talk about Piers Morgan. This guy okay so the british tv host and uh, columnist <laughs> he had his twitter account hacked and then it was wiped clean after this hacker broke in and posted offensive and profane messages some of them aimed at queen elizabeth and then things really got serious when they brought ed sheeran into the mix <laughs> i mean there were the, there were some bad words i can't use it so piers morgan uh-huh. has uh 8.3 million followers on his Twitter account. And one of the hacks, hack tweets, said, bleep the queen. And then <laughs> another one called Ed Sheeran uh, uh, ginger punk. And then the hacker threatened to release <laughs> Pierce Morgan's direct messages he's had with, oh. I guess, high profile celebrities. And nobody seemed to care. It, it, it was like, it was okay, yeah, you got hacked. Oh, they said stuff about the queen. Oh, that's no good. Wait a minute. Ed Sheeran. They're saying bad things about Ed Sheeran? <laughs> that's well, where really we bo- draw the line. Sure, well, make really fun of the queen. Me about that. Don't bring Ed Sheeran yeah. into it. Uh-huh. And by the way, you know, if you do happen to hack a celebrity's account, don't threaten to release their personal messages. Just do it. Yeah, well, what were you going to say? What really bothered you about it? 
Well, I, I, no, I, that, that was the thing that really uh, got my craw. But also the fact that usually when people hack accounts, it's like they get all gleeful and excited that they managed to do it, and then they they don't tweet anything that's uh, very clever or smart. You know, I mean, you got to put some thought into this ahead of time, a little strategic planning. <laughs> if we're gonna hack, let's do it right. You're gonna put the time and the effort into hacking someone's account who has 8.3 million followers. Come up with something <laughs> a little more creative than bleep the queen. Yes, and and by the way, uh, Casey, I can share this story because no one cares about Pat O'Brien anymore. Do you remember Pat O'Brien? He used to be on those entertainment shows. Mm -hmm. He was, uh, yeah, and then he got busted because people released voicemails of him just being a sleaze. Mm -hmm. We used to have him um, on a a program, uh, a morning show that I uh, produced out in L.A., and he would come into the studio on occasion. And back then, everybody had those Palm Pilots. You remember those? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you could like beam contact information to people, and we needed to get someone on the phone. He said, "Oh, you know, here I, I got it in my address book," and we took his uh, Palm Pilot to the other room and uh, beamed all of his contacts. <laughs> so you're that's mean. Why would you do that? It just yeah, it was great. We had all of his sports contacts, we had all of his celebrity contacts, and we were able to get so many high profile guests for the show. But it was amusing <laughs> as heck because I still remember calling some of these numbers late at night just to see if they were still valid. And I remember distinctly calling Gary Shandling's phone, and he didn't pick up, but he had the greatest messages. Hey, it's Gary. Leave your name, your number, and mm-hmm. what you want from Gary at the tone. <laughs> Do you have any of those phone phone numbers still? Yes, I do. They're still on my phone. But it's not because I'm calling them or or I have any desire. It's because I I swear, I don't know. I I don't know how to streamline my phone book. uh, 75% of the names in here in my phone book, I don't even know who these people are, why I put their names in there in the first place, what they do, where they're based, Mm -hmm. none of that. And I will delete them and somehow they show up the next day. Yet again, old bride doesn't understand the technology and I'm only 44. God help me at age 75. Yeah, you need to ask your daughter to help you with your uh, with your technology there. <laughs> but uh, don't make me agree with Piers Morgan. After Cambridge redefined the definition of a woman, Piers gives his unfiltered opinion on wokeness. What we're talking about and what I think you have to accept, Piers, and the people who want to shout at me and want to use mm. the word woke as, 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 as some kind of dirty word, is you're not listening to those people. Well, woke used to be an awareness of social and racial injustice. It's still what woke, is. No, no. What, woke is, no, no. Is. what woke has become for most of the wokies is a form of fascism <laughs> where they think if, if anyone disagrees with them, when they come out with this nonsense about what a woman is, for example... They must be abused, shamed, cancelled, driven out of their jobs, and terrorised, as we saw with J.K. Rowling, who, tried as, who I don't even like, by the way. She's always been damn rude to me, but on this, she's right. But why are you attributing the title of woke activist to those people? They're purely they're activists. Because they identify normally activists. identify in their in their Twitter biography as woke and also hashtag be kind. They are the least kind people in the history <laughs> of planet Earth. They're vicious. They're nasty. They're fascist. The very thing they like to pretend they hate most, that is what they are. Mm. They want to basically indoctrinate everyone to agree with everything they say. That's yes. It. And if you don't, you're the bad guy. It is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. 
and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Brian Baker filling in for Rob Kendall today. Are we at a wedding reception? What's going on here? Are you dancing? We're at Indians game right now. <laughs> I used to when I was a mobile DJ and, and DJed weddings. This was always a, a must play, mm-hmm. as well as uh, the hokey pokey, the electric slide, and of course shout. Yeah, uh, also celebration from Cool in the Gang and old time rock and roll from Bob Seger. That's always gets people. Oh, see, no, no, I, 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 no, 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 Seger. I never would play a Seger song. <laughs> no, nope. you're a horrible disc jockey if you won't play what the people want. <laughs> play the hits, man. Okay, so who are the happiest workers according to? Psychology Today. They came out with this new study, and it's pretty interesting what they had to say about who the happiest workers were. I know a lot of people are off work this week, but let's mm-hmm. talk about what they say is the profile of the happiest worker. Now, I've been hearing for years that the happiest people are uh, unmarried, childless, professional women. Uh-huh. Have, you, have you heard that? I've heard that. Uh, the other study is that uh, couples who are married that don't have children are mm-hmm. uh, significantly happier. Oh, yeah. Dinks. Dual income, no kids, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, that is not what this article says. This article has the profile of the happiest worker as a male, 39 years old, married, has a household income between 150000 to 200000 is in a senior mm. management position, has one young child at home, and a wife who works part-time. That's an interesting uh, way to put it together, and it does sound like an ideal uh, set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. I guess it depends on whether or not you actually enjoy your work, whether you have miserable coworkers and a miserable uh, supervisor uh, and on top of you, whether you think that that career actually will exist in five or ten years. I mean, you know, and I, I want to say something too about the study because it, it is a true study. I mean, they they do uh, you know they talk to people that have kids and people that don't, and, mm-hmm. and by and large, the folks that don't have children it report higher levels of happiness but there's a real difference between having a happy life and a meaningful life mm. a life that has value and that's where i think you know you start to see a difference there because there are challenges and stresses that come along with being a parent that you're not going to have obviously if uh, you're two income and you don't have that responsibility but ultimately people who have children report that they have much more meaningful lives so you know it, don't just be thinking about uh, you know your comfort or your happiness be thinking about whether or not you actually want to do something of value in this world that positively impacts others. It's interesting you say that, Brian, because in my notes, the word that I have written down is purpose. 
yeah. a, a purposeful life. And according to this article from Psychology Today, the profile of the unhappiest worker, and this doesn't mean necessarily everybody, this is just workers, people who work, uh, their profile is a female who is 42 years old, who is unmarried with no children, has a household income under $100,000, and is in a professional position like a doctor or a lawyer. But the thing that I gather from this is if they are in a professional position like a doctor or lawyer and they're making under $100,000, well, yeah, uh, they're comparatively maybe not so good at their job, which no. could be reason why they're unhappy. I mean, we, That's we, cold. Well, we, know, lot, listen, we know how I much know they make. Lawyers. Yeah. Well, but here's the thing. We really don't. I mean, you know, I, I know a lot of lawyers who uh, don't make great money. So and they're very competent and uh, intelligent. But, you know, listen, if you're like a public defender or uh, you work for a smaller organization, you might not be making the kind of money that uh, the folks that are taking these big cases and uh, serving as uh, someone's defense or going in class action lawsuits are uh, walking away with. So at the end of the day, family is the most important thing because careers come and go, but your family is always going to be there with you. And let's go with uh, these micro annoyances before uh, we say goodbye to you. And thank you for being with us today, Brian. Micro annoyances. Okay, so uh, here's an example. When... You, you've got the coffee pot on the counter, right? And you have to mm-hmm. fill it up with water. And every time you have to scoot it out, it makes a noise. <laughs> and it's just that little irritating thing that bothers you. So instead of being irritated by it, you go and put little pads under it so that it doesn't make that squeaky noise anymore. I've oh. got my own micro annoyance that I have corrected and it has been a game changer. I know a lot of people could not do this at all because uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm coloring out of the lines, silverware out of the lines. So, you know, when you go to empty the dishwasher and you've got that silverware divider that's in the drawer yes. and you uh-huh. put the spoons with the spoons and the forks with the forks and the knives with the knives, right? Yeah. For some reason that stresses me out. So I got, <laughs> I got rid of it. I got rid of the silverware divider. And now when I empty the dishwasher, I just grab all the silverware and throw it in a drawer. And let me tell you, I have no problem finding a spoon when I need a spoon or a fork when I need a fork. You know, And yes, they're all just in their mishmash in the drawer together. But it's that one little micro annoyance that I got rid of that now I don't, I don't mind unloading the dishwasher anymore. It doesn't stress me out like it used to. Well, but see, good for you, Casey. And this is like, I think one of the big secrets to a happy marriage is try and find somebody who is similar to you and how they keep house and uh, their system of organization. (laughs) Because I I will tell you, my wife and I, yeah, we are so compatible in every single way, but I am obsessive about keeping things neat and tidy and mm-hmm. no clutter and, mm-hmm. and cleaning. And it, and here's the thing. My wife is less so, and I wish I, I was like her. And I hope my daughter takes after my wife and not after me because it makes me utterly miserable. But at the same time, I cannot stop. I cannot relax if the house is dirty and cluttered. I got to take care of that first before I can take care of anything else. And it is a miserable way to live. I'm telling you. <laughs> Get rid of the micro annoyances in your life. You'll be happy. I, I'm a neat and clean person. My silverware drawer is just a little... It's just all in there. There's a party going on in there.
Thank you, Brian, for helping out the past couple days. And good job, Kevin. Thank you. And mostly, thank you for listening. And we're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. Tony Kennett joins me. It is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC.